Hello and welcome to the Sports with Luke podcast. Today, I'll be taking a look at the career of the kid, Ted Williams. I'll talk about some really good batting statistics, the Navy, and why the percentage 39.955 is the secret number of the day. Enjoy the show. Ted Williams was born on August 30th, 1918 in San Diego, California as Teddy Samuel Williams, named after his father, Samuel Stuart Williams, and former president, Teddy Roosevelt. Later on in life, Ted changed his name on his birth certificate to Theodore Williams. At the age of eight, he was taught how to throw a baseball by his uncle, Saul Venzer. Saul was one of his mother's four brothers, as well as a former semi-professional baseball player who had pitched against Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in an exhibition game. As a child, Williams' heroes were Pepper Martin of the St. Louis Cardinals, and Bill Terry of the New York Giants. Williams graduated from Herbert Hoover High School in San Diego, where he played baseball as a pitcher and was the star of the team. Though he had offers from the St. Louis Cardinals and the Yankees while he was still in high school, his mother thought he was still too young to leave home. So he signed up with a local minor league club, the San Diego Padres. After a stellar 1937 season, the Boston Red Sox signed him to a two-year deal. During the 1938 spring training, Williams was nicknamed the Kid by Red Sox equipment manager Johnny Orlando, who after Williams arrived to Sarasota, Florida for the first time said, the Kid has arrived. Orlando still called Williams the Kid 20 years later and the nickname stuck with Williams for the rest of his life. Option to the club's minor league team in Minneapolis, Williams tore the cover off the ball in 1938, taking home the league's triple crown by leading all hitters in hitting 366 with 43 home runs and 142 RBIs. He made his Major League debut against the New York Yankees on April 20th, going 1-4. for four. This was the only game which featured both Williams and Lou Gehrig playing against one another. In his first series at Fenway Park, Williams hit a double, a home run, and a triple. By July, Williams was hitting just 280, but led the league in RBIs. Johnny Orlando, the same guy that gave him the kid nickname, then gave Williams a quick pep talk, telling Williams that he should hit 335 with 35 home runs and he would drive in 150 runs. Williams said he would buy Orlando a Cadillac if this all came true, which he ended up pretty close. Williams ended up hitting 327 with 31 home runs and 145 RBIs, leading the league in RBIs, the first rookie to lead the league in RBIs and finish fourth in MVP voting. He also led the AL in walks with 107, a rookie record. Even though there was not a Rookie of the Year award yet in 1939, Babe Ruth declared Williams to be the Rookie of the Year, which Williams later said was, good enough for me. Williams' pay was doubled in 1940, going from $5,000 to $10,000. With the addition of a new bullpen in right field of Fenway Park, which reduced the distance from home plate from 400 feet to about 380, the bullpen was nicknamed Williamsburg because the new addition was obviously designed for Williams. He was a left-handed hitter. Williams also made his first of 16 All-Star Game appearances in 1940. Although Williams hit 344, his power and runs batted in were down from the previous seasons with 23 and 113. Williams also caused a controversy in mid-August when he called his salary peanuts along with saying that he hated the city of Boston and their reporters, leading reporters to lash back at him, saying that he should be traded. Williams said the only real fun he had in the 1940 season was being able to pitch once on August 24th, when he pitched the last two innings in a 12-1 loss to the Detroit Tigers, allowing one earned run on three hits while striking out one batter. In 
It's time for the secret number of the day. The secret number of the day is an obscure or interesting fact from Ted's career. Today's secret number is 39.955% and the number takes us to 1941. In late August of 1941, Williams was hitting 402. Williams said that just about everybody was rooting for me to hit 400 in that season, including Yankees fans, who gave pitcher Lefty Gomez a hell of a boo after walking Williams with the bases loaded after Williams had gotten three straight hits in one game in September. In mid-September, Williams was hitting 413, but dropped a point a game from then on. Before the final two games on September 28th, a doubleheader against the Philadelphia Athletics, he was batting, you can guess it, .39955, which would have officially been rounded up to 400. Red Sox manager Joe Cronin offered him the chance to set out the final day, but he declined. If I'm going to be a 400 hitter, he said at the time, I want more than my toenails on the line. And what makes this story even better is William went 6 for 8 on that day, finishing the season at 406. Which this is an interesting fact. Sacrifice flies back then were counted as at-bats. Under today's rules, Williams would have hit between 411 and 419. Today, if you hit a sacrifice fly, which a sacrifice fly is when the batter flies out but the runner tags up after the catch, that at-bat doesn't count, which doesn't hurt your average. Philadelphia fans ran out to the field surrounding Williams after the game, forcing him to protect his hat from being stolen. He was helped into the clubhouse by his teammates. Along with his 406 average, Williams also hit 37 home runs and batted in 120 runs, missing the Triple Crown by 5 RBIs. Williams' 1941 season is often considered to be the best offensive season of all time, though the MVP award would go to Joe DiMaggio. The 406 batting average, his first of six batting championships, is still the highest single-season average in Red Sox history and the highest batting average in the Major League since 1924. And the last time any Major League player has hit over 400 for a season after appearing at least 3.1 plate appearances per game. If I had known hitting 400 was going to be such a big deal, he joked in 1991, I would have done it again. Williams' on-base percentage of 5.53 and slugging percentage of 7.35 that season are both also the highest single-season averages in Red Sox history. The 553 on on-base percentage stood as a major league record until it was broken by some guy named Barry Bonds in 2002, and his 735 slugging percentage was the highest mark in the major leagues between 1932 and 1994. His OPS of 1287 that year, a Red Sox record, was the highest in the major leagues between 1923 and 2001. Despite playing in only 143 games that year, Williams led the league with 135 runs scored and 37 home runs and he finished third with 335 total bases, the most home runs, runs scored, and total bases by a Red Sox player since Jimmy Fox in 1938. Williams placed second in MVP voting. DiMaggio won 291 votes to 254 on the strength of his record-breaking 56-game hitting streak and league-leading 125 RBIs. In January of 1942, after World War II began, Williams was drafted into the military, being put into Class 1A. A friend of Williams suggested that he see the advisor of the Governor's Selective Service appeal agent, since Williams was the sole support of his mother, arguing that Williams should not have been placed in Class 1A and said Williams should be reclassified to Class 3A. The attorney took the case to the appeals board, and the board rejected the case. Angry, the attorney took the case to the presidential board. Williams was reclassified to 3A 10 days later. Afterwards, the public reaction was extremely negative. No one liked how it was handled, which many more MLB players would enter service during the 1943 season. Even Quaker Oats stopped sponsoring Williams, and Williams, who previously had eaten Quaker products all the time, never ate one since the company stopped sponsoring him. 
Despite the trouble with the draft board, Williams had a new salary of $30,000 in 1942. In the 1942 MLB season, Williams won the Triple Crown with a 356 batting average, 36 home runs, and 137 RBIs. On May 21st, Williams also hit his 100th career home run. He was the third Red Sox player to hit 100 home runs with the team, following his teammates Jimmy Fox and Joe Cronin. Despite winning the Triple Crown, Williams came in second to the MVP voting, losing to Joe Gordon of the Yankees. Williams felt that he should have gotten a little more consideration because of winning the Triple Crown, and he thought that the reason I didn't get more consideration was because of the trouble I had with the draft. Williams joined the Navy Reserve on May 22, 1942, went on active duty 1943, and was commissioned as second lieutenant in the United States Marine Corps as a naval aviator on May 2, 1944. Williams also played on the baseball team in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, along with his Red Sox teammate Johnny Pesky. While on the baseball team, Williams was sent back to Fenway Park on July 12th to play on the all-star team managed by Babe Ruth. The newspapers reported that Babe Ruth said when finally meeting Williams, Hiya kid, you remind me a lot of myself. I love to hit. You're one of the most natural ball players I've ever seen, and if my record is broken, I hope that you're the one to do it. Williams later said that he was flabbergasted by the incident. After all, it was Babe Ruth. In that game, Williams hit a 425-foot home run to help give the American League All-Stars a 9-8 win. On August 18, 1945, when the war ended, Lieutenant Williams was sent to Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. While in Pearl Harbor, Williams played baseball in the Army League. Also in that eight-team league were Joe DiMaggio, Joe Gordon, and Sam Musial. The Service World Series with the Army versus the Navy attracted crowds of 40,000 for each game. The players said it was even better than the actual World Series being played between the Detroit Tigers and the Chicago Cubs that year. Williams was discharged by the Marine Corps on January 28, 1946, in time to begin preparations for the upcoming pro baseball season. He joined the Red Sox again in 1946, signing a $37,000 contract. On July 14th, after Williams hit three home runs and eight RBIs in the first game of a doubleheader, Lou Bordreau, inspired by Williams' consistent pull hitting to right field, created what would be known later as the Bordreau shift, or also the Williams shift having only one player on the left side of second base, which was the left fielder. Ignoring the shift, Williams walked twice, doubled, and grounded out to the shortstop, who was positioned in between first and second base. Also during 1946, the All-Star game was held in Fenway Park. In the game, Williams homered, singled twice, and hit a three-run home run in the eighth inning to help the American League win 12-0. For the 1946 season, Williams hit 342 with 38 home runs and 123 RBIs helping the Red Sox win the pennant on September 13th, hitting the only inside-the-park home run in his career in a 1-0 win against Cleveland. Williams ran away as a winner in the MVP voting. But during an exhibition game in Fenway Park against an all-star team during early October, before the World Series, Williams was hit on the elbow by a pitch. Williams was immediately taken out of the game and x-rayed of his arm showed no damage, but his arm was swelled up like a boiled egg, according to Williams. Williams couldn't swing a bat until four days later, one day before the World Series, when he reported the arm was sore. During the series, Williams batted 200, going 5 for 25 with no home runs and just one RBI. The Red Sox lost in seven games with Williams going 0 for 4 in the last game. Fifty years later, when asked what one thing he would have done different on his life, Williams replied, I would have done better in the 46 World Series. That World Series was the only World Series Williams ever appeared in. Williams signed a whopping $70,000 contract in 1947, and Williams was also almost traded for Joe DiMaggio in 1947. In late April, 
Red Sox owner Tom Yawkey and Yankees owner Dan Topping agreed to swap the players, but a day later canceled the request when Yawkey requested that Yogi Berra come with DiMaggio. Williams also won the Triple Clown in 1947, but lost the MVP award to Joe DiMaggio with 201 votes compared to DiMaggio's 202. One writer, who Ted thought was Mel Webb, and he called this Mel guy a grouchy old guy, although the identity of the writer remains unknown, completely left Williams off his ballot. Williams would have tied DiMaggio or won if one writer who had voted Williams as second had voted him first. Through 2011, Williams was one of seven Major League players to have had at least four 30 home run and 100 RBI seasons in their first five years, along with Chuck Klein, Joe DiMaggio, Ralph Kiner, Mark Teixeira, Albert Pujols, and Ryan Braun. In 1948, under the new manager Joe McCarthy, Williams hit a league-leading 369 with 25 home runs and 127 RBIs, and was third in MVP voting. On April 29th, Williams hit his 200th career home run. He became just the second player to hit 200 home runs in a Red Sox uniform, joining his former teammate Jimmy Fox. On October 2nd against the Yankees, Williams hit his 222nd career home run, tying Fox for the Red Sox all-time record. In the Red Sox final two games of the regular season, they beat the Yankees to force a one-game playoff against the Cleveland Indians, and Williams got on base eight times out of ten plate appearances. In the playoff, Williams went one for four, with the Red Sox losing eight to three. In 1949, Williams received a new salary of $100,000, which is just over a million dollars today. He hit 343, which ended up losing the AL batting title by just .0002% to the Tigers' George Kell, thus missing the Triple Crown that year. He also hit 43 home runs, his career high, and drove in 159 runs, tied for highest in the league. And at one point, he got on base in 84 straight games, an MLB record that still stands today, helping him win the MVP trophy. On April 28th, Williams hit his 223rd career home run, breaking the record for most home runs in a Red Sox uniform, passing Jimmy Fox. Williams is still the Red Sox career home run leader. However, despite being ahead of the Yankees by one game just before a two-game series against them, the Red Sox lost both of those games. The Yankees won the first of what would be five straight World Series titles in 1949. For the rest of Williams' career, the Yankees won nine pennants and six World Series titles, while the Red Sox never finished better than third place. In 1950, Williams was playing in his eighth All-Star game. In the first inning, Williams caught a line drive by Ralph Kiner, slamming into the Comiskey Park scoreboard and breaking his left arm. Williams played the rest of the game and even singled in a run to give the American League the lead in the fifth inning, but by that time, Williams' arms was a balloon and he was in great pain, so he left the game. Both of the doctors who x-rayed Williams held little hope for a full recovery. The doctors operated on Williams for two hours. When Williams took his cast off, he could only ascend his arm to within four inches of his right arm. Williams only played in 89 games in 1950. After the baseball season, Williams' elbow hurt so much he considered retirement since he thought he would never be able to hit again. Tom Yawkey, the Red Sox owner, sent Jack Fadden to Williams' home in Florida to talk to him. Williams later thanked Fadden for saving his career. In 1951, Ted, I say this in quotes, struggled to hit 318 with his elbow still hurting. Williams also played in 148 games, 60 more than Williams had played the previous season. 30 home runs, Two more than he had hit in 1950 and 126 RBIs, 29 more than 1950. Despite his lower than usual production at bat, Williams made the All-Star team. On May 5, 1951, Williams became the 11th player in Major League history to hit 300 career home runs. On May 21st, Williams passed Chuck Klein for 10th place. On May 25th, Williams passed Roger Hornsby for 9th place. And on July 5th, Williams passed Al Simmons for 8th place all-time in career home runs. 
William's name was called from a list of inactive reserves to serve on active duty in the Korean War on January 9, 1952. Williams, who was livid at his recalling, had a physical scheduled for April 2nd. Williams passed his physical and in May, after only playing in six major league games, began refresher flight training and qualification prior to service in Korea. Right before he left for Korea, the Red Sox had a Ted Williams day at Fenway Park. Friends of Williams gave him a Cadillac, and the Red Sox gave Williams a memory book that was signed by 400,000 fans. The governor of Massachusetts and the mayor of Boston were there, along with a Korean War veteran named Frederick Wolf, who used a wheelchair for mobility. At the end of the ceremony, everybody in the park held hands and sang Auld Lang Syne to Williams, a moment which he later said moved me quite a bit. The Red Sox went on to win that game 5-3, thanks to a two-run home run by Williams in the seventh inning. After returning from the Korean War in August of 1953, Ted practiced with the Red Sox for 10 days before playing his first game, garnering a large ovation from a crowd and hitting a home run in the 8th inning. In the season, Williams ended up hitting 407 with 13 home runs and 34 RBIs in 37 games in 110 at-bats, not nearly enough plate appearances to qualify for that season's batting title. On September 6th, Williams hit his 332nd career home run, passing Hank Greenberg for 7th all-time. On his first day of spring training in 1954, Williams broke his collarbone running after a long drive, and in April he wrote an article saying that he intended to retire at the end of the season. Williams returned to the Red Sox lineup on May 7th and hit 345 with 386 at-bats in 117 games, although Bobby Avila, who had hit 341, won the batting championship. This was because it was required then that a batter needed 400 at-bats, despite Lou Bordreau's attempt to bat Williams second in the lineup to get more at-bats. Williams led the league in base on balls with 136, which kept him from qualifying under the rules at the time. By today's standards, which is plate appearances, he would have been the champion. The rule was changed shortly thereafter to keep this from happening again. On August 25th, Ted passed Johnny Mizey for 6th place, and on September 3rd, he passed Joe DiMaggio for 5th all-time in career home runs with his 362nd career home run. He finished the season with 366 career home runs. On September 26th, Williams, quote, retired after the Red Sox final game of the season. During the offseason of 1954, Williams was offered the chance to be manager of the Red Sox. Williams declined, and he suggested that Pinky Higgins, who had previously played on the 1946 Red Sox team as a third baseman, become the manager of the team. Higgins later was hired as a Red Sox manager in 55. Williams sat out the first month of 1955 season due to a divorce settlement with his wife, Doris, but ended up returning. He signed a $98,000 contract on May 13th. Williams batted 356 and 320 at-bats that season, lacking enough at-bats to win the batting title over Al Kaline, who batted 340. Ted hit 28 home runs and drove in 83 runs, while being named the Comeback Player of the Year. On July 17, 1956, Williams became the fifth player to hit 400 home runs, following Mel Ott, Jimmy Fox, Lou Gehrig, and Babe Ruth. On August 7, 1956, after Ted was booed for dropping a fly ball from Mickey Mantle, Williams spat at one of the fans who was taunting him on top of the dugout. Ted was fined $5,000 for the incident. The next day against Baltimore, Williams was greeted by a large ovation and had received an even larger ovation when he hit a home run in the sixth inning to break a 2-2 tie. In the Boston Globe, the publishers ran a What Globe Readers Say About Ted section made out of letters about Williams, which were either the sports writers or the loud mouths of the stands. Ted explained years later, From 56 on, I realized that people were for me. The writers had written that the fans should show me that didn't want me, and I got the biggest ovation yet. Williams lost the batting title to Mickey Mantle in 1956, batting 345 to Mantle's 353, with Mantle on his way to winning the Triple Crown. 
1957, Ted batted 388 to lead the majors, and at the age of 40 in 1958, he led the American League with a 328 batting average. When Pumpsy Green became the first black player on the Red Sox in 59, the last major team to integrate his team, Williams openly welcomed Green. Williams ended his career, hitting a home run in his very last at-bat on September 28, 1960. Ted is only one of 29 players in baseball history to date to have appeared in a Major League Baseball game in four decades. He's also one of only four players to hit a home run in each of those four decades, the other being Willie McCovey, Ricky Henderson, and Omar Vizquel. So I want to go back to his time in the military. He missed three whole years of his prime to be in the military. He won the Triple Crown the year before, and he won the MVP the year after. Ted was a naval aviator during World War II and the Korean War. Williams was talented as a pilot, and so enjoyed it that he had to be ordered by the Navy to leave training to personally accept his American League 1942 Triple Crown Award. Ted's Red Sox teammate, Johnny Pesky, who went into the same aviation training program, said Ted mastered intricate problems in 15 minutes, which took the average cadet an hour, and half of those other cadets there were college grads. He received his gold naval aviator wings and is commissioned as a second lieutenant in the U.S. Marine Corps on May 2, 1944. Williams served as a flight instructor at the Naval Air Station, Pensacola, teaching young pilots to fly the complicated F-4U Corsair flighter plane. Williams was in Pearl Harbor awaiting orders to join the fleet in the Western Pacific when the war in the Pacific ended. He finished the war in Hawaii and he was released from active duty on January 12, 1946, but he did remain in the Marine Corps Reserve. On May 1, 1952, 14 months after his promotion to captain in the Marine Corps Reserve, Williams was recalled to active duty for service in the Korean War. He had not flown any aircraft for eight years. After eight weeks of refresher flight training, Williams was assigned to the airfield in Pohang, South Korea. On February 16, 1953, Ted, who was flying as a wingman for John Glenn, yes, that John Glenn, future astronaut, was part of a 35-plane raid against the tank and infantry training school just south of Pyongyang, North Korea. During the mission, a piece of flak knocked out his hydraulics and electric system, causing Williams to have to limp his plane back to the K-13, a U.S. Air Force airfield close to the front lines. The plane burst into flames soon as he landed. For his actions on this day, he was awarded the Air Medal with Gold Stars. Williams flew 39 combat missions in Korea, earning the Air Medal with two Gold Stars in lieu of a second and third award, before being withdrawn from flight status in June of 53 after getting pneumonia. This resulted in the discovery of an inner ear infection that disqualified him from flight status. During the Korean War, Williams also served in the same Marine Corps unit with John Glenn. John described Ted as one of the best pilots he knew, while John's wife Annie described him as the most profane man she's ever met. In the last half of his missions, Williams was flying as Glenn's wingman. Ted likely would have exceeded 600 career home runs if he had not served in the military, and may have even approached Babe Ruth's record of 714. He might have set the record for career RBIs as well, exceeding Hank Aaron's total. While the absence in the Marine Corps took almost five years of his baseball career, he never publicly complained about his time devoted to service. His biographer, Leigh Montville, argued that Williams was not happy about being pressed into service in South Korea, but he did what he thought was his patriotic duty. Following his return to the United States in August of 53, he resigned his reserve commission to resume his baseball career. After his baseball career, he tried his best at coaching and mentoring, but eventually became impatient with athletes' abilities and attitudes. Williams was much more successful in fishing than he was coaching. An avid and expert fly fisherman and deep sea fisherman, he spent many summers after baseball fishing in Canada. Williams was named to the International Game Fish Association Hall of Fame in 2000. 
Ted, Jim Brown, Cumberland Posey, and Cal Hubbard are the only athletes to be inducted into the Hall of Fames for more than one professional sport. He even had his own TV show and line of fishing equipment. Williams was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame on July 25, 1966. On November 18th of 91, President George H.W. Bush presented Williams with the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian award in the United States. At the time of his retirement, Williams ranked third all-time in home runs behind Babe Ruth and Jimmy Fox, seventh in RBIs, and seventh in batting average. His career batting average of 344 is the highest of any player who played his entire career in the live ball era following 1920. Williams is also second to Ruth in career slugging percentage, which for those that don't know, slugging percentage represents the total number of bases a player records per at-bat. And Ted still holds the all-time record for on-base percentage with 482. He was also second to Ruth in career walks, but has since dropped to fourth behind Barry Bonds and Ricky Henderson. Most modern statistical analyses place Williams, along with Roost and Barry Bonds, among the three most potent hitters to have played the game. Williams' baseball season of 1941 is often considered favorably with the greatest seasons of Ruth and Bonds in terms of various offensive statistical measures such as slugging, on-base, and offensive winning percentage. In 1999, Williams was ranked as number 8 on the Sporting News list of the 100 greatest baseball players, where he was the highest ranked left fielder. One of Ted's final and most memorable public appearances was at the 1999 All-Star Game in Boston. Able to walk only a short distance, William was brought to the pitcher's mound in a golf cart. He proudly waved his cap to the crowd, a gesture he had never done as a player. Fans responded with a standing ovation that lasted several minutes. Later that year, he was among the members of the Major League Baseball All-Century team introduced to the crowd at Turner Field in Atlanta prior to Game 2 of the World Series. In his last years, Williams suffered from cardiomyopathy. He had a pacemaker implanted in November of 2000 and underwent open-heart surgery in January of 2001. After suffering a series of strokes and congestive heart failure, he died of cardiac arrest at age of 83 on July 5, 2002. Throughout his career, Williams stated his goal was to have people point to him and remark, there goes Ted Williams, the greatest hitter who ever lived. I'd say he did a pretty good job at achieving that goal. Thanks for listening to the Sports with Luke podcast. Have a player you'd like to be the next subject? Let me know on Instagram and Twitter at Majerus underscore Luke. Keep an eye out for next week's episode where we talk about the big unit, Randy Johnson.